Welcome to the Evolution of Parenting. I'm Yorona. And I'm Robert. And we're both advanced certified life coaches who met during our certification program. Through our coaching sessions, we connected as parents from two different perspectives. Robert, who's the parent of adult children, and myself, the parent of a five-year-old. We both recognize that the role of parenting never stops, but it does change. In fact, it has to change. If we've developed a strong and healthy relationship with our children, with boundaries, and a strong sense of autonomy, we will remain with our children long after we're gone. What makes this podcast unique is the parenting experiences and perspectives each of us bring to the table, as well as our backgrounds in child development and education. Each episode will explore a different topic related to parenting, and we hope to give you, the listener, some insight and takeaways and how you can relate this to your experiences as a parent. So this episode is all about compassion and what Robert and my take is on the role of parenting and your your relationship with your child when it comes to compassion. Robert? And I think it's it's good to start this one with just a wee bit of definition. We really haven't done it too much in the others, but this one I think it's important to say, in particular, what compassion is not. Compassion is not pity. Compassion is not looking at someone on the side of the road who uh, needs some uh, a job or uh, food or money and saying like, Oh, but for the grace of God, there go I, you know, look at that poor soul. Look at, you know, somebody needs to help them. That's really not what we're talking about. We're talking about compassion. We're talking about the ability to look at someone else and recognize that they are a fully human person and they deserve love. They deserve respect. They deserve dignity uh, and they deserve a chance to have their lives become better. Yeah. I'd like to delve into that for a moment when I think about it. I remember when I worked in an area where our office was in a church, we had a soup kitchen there. Um, So my office was in a wing in that building and we rented our offices out from them. And every, I believe it was every Wednesday, I want to say we had a soup kitchen. And I have this, I don't remember the premise that, you know, how this conversation ended up starting, but I had this conversation with somebody and I was telling them about it and they were like, aren't you worried that these people are coming into the building where you're working and you're, you know, and you don't know who these people are. They're just coming to get a free hand out of food. And, and I, I was sad. I was pained because to me, I saw those people as just, you know, with the falling on hard times, I think it's very rare that people have the ability to have never gone through a time period where there was slim pickings in their home. But those that have don't necessarily feel the privilege of that until it's until it's in their face. The problem is with that judgment of like, you know, they're all bad people because they're looking for some assistance. I didn't feel like there was much compassion in that person's Mm. to see that they were more than the people who were coming there were so much more than their need. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, 
And it may it reinforced my desire to ensure that when I became a parent, that Connor would be able to see a human being first and their their lifestyle, their life choices, all of those things would be totally secondary to just their humanity. Yeah. That's a great point. Part of the evolution of that as it comes in kids is being exposed to people who are other, other than what's in their normal life, other than what they would see on a typical daily basis, maybe in school or in your church or in your community. We had uh, the good fortune of living in China for 12 years and Consequently, as Caucasian, Western, you know, U.S. folks, we had a lot of opportunity to see to interact with people who are other, not the least of which were uh, we had a driver and we had a person who helped with the kids and with the house uh, every day. So our kids over time began to normalize having other folks around them without looking like oh my, you know, that's, that's, that's our servant, you know, and it's our servant's job to do this. And it's, you know, it's our driver's job to make sure that, uh, that I'm driven safely. And no, they, they began to know them, you know, as Patrick and Samantha by name. And this is part of the family as opposed to someone who is in a role designed to benefit them. Almost an extension, extension of a tool. That's it. They're just an extension of a tool that Mm -hmm. I would you know, this is a car. This is the person who drives it. And no more than that. I think right. that's so important. And when Connor and I are out and about at any time, he sees anything, you know, that is maybe different than him. And he points it out. I also try to remind him of the ways that were similar. Because I think that a lot of the part of compassion that leads people down a bad, a slippery road where they're incapable of being compassionate is this. Children are naturally geared towards compassion and empathy. But you have to keep helping them practice that. Mm -hmm. So their, their curiosity, unless it's limited by their parents and will lead to also compassion, when they see someone in need, if their parents are also exemplifying that. But what's very interesting is that where people tend to take compassion away is when they otherize people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when they say, well, that's them, not me. You know, therefore, I don't ever want that on me. I'm not going to, you know, so therefore I will not, you know, engage with that person i will not you know whatever because they're less than and when it otherizes them it it bleeds the compassion out i still remember when i was in when i lived in new york city um there was and this was even on the upper east side there were always homeless people around and there was one guy in particular who used to sit outside of a walgreens and i would go in there and you know and i'd always come out with some food for him and we got to, you know, I got to talking with him and he, he actually, and then I found out like he got used to being on the streets to the point that he actually has money and he'll use it to go shower and do things. But he really got so comfortable with the streets that it became his comfort zone. 
And I think it's really interesting because the moment you start to delve deep and you set the fear aside for a minute, you your compassion comes out. And I always want to exemplify that for my son because I want his compassion to lead, not his fear. Because I think fear is what keeps us separated as human beings. And we cannot progress as human beings if we cannot find our compassion for one another. Because that breeds empathy. Empathy and compassion, I always feel kind of do that hand in hand, you know. Um, And compassion is the way we show our empathy. So, you know, even when somebody's hurt, you know, like your instinct, it's very interesting to me, you know, when Connor would hurt himself when he was young, we'd be like, oh, are you okay? How's it feel? Is it okay? You know, and give him a little bit of that compassion and then try to move on from that as, you know, try to, to redirect and because we didn't want to perseverate too long on the injury, right? Um, that's important. And again, it's that balance. And mm-hmm. then I had a friend who would try not to react at all when their child got hurt. And because mm-hmm. they thought that if they reacted, it would put in their child this idea that the injury was worse than it actually was and that mm-hmm. they would end up becoming like a crybaby type of situation there. So, oh, talk enough, it's not a big deal. The problem is with that, you're not giving them the compassion that they need in that moment when they've, you know, when you've hurt yourself, there's a fear that pops up, ow, that hurt. You know, and having somebody else humanly connect to you by saying, oh, that looks like it hurt. How you doing? You okay? And now what I notice is when I injure myself, Connor will come over and he'll be like, are you okay, mommy? You know, like, yeah, yeah. he's like, oh, do you need a bandaid? You know, and that's (laughs) his compassion, which is like, okay, see, he cares about other people hurting themselves. He, he shows compassion in another way. I remember this really adorable story. Um, a friend of mine, when he first went to pre-preschool, it was more like nursery, like kind of a daycare almost type of situation right in the pandemic. So it was only a few kids. They were all masked up. It was like a whole situation, but he was only there for a few hours a week. And there was one of his friends who was a very slow walker when it came to walking down the stairs. Mm-hmm. And... One day, my friend was going to pick up her son, and this was her son, um, and she was there early, and she watches the boys walking all down the stairs, and she sees that a bunch of the boys push right past her son and go bounding down the stairs, while Connor is calmly and slowly walking behind her son, and Mm -hmm. just... Like, you can do it, Alex. You're okay. You know, ooh, I said his name. I hope she doesn't get frustrated with me, but um, hopefully not. <laughs> but she was, he was like actually just calmly and patiently waiting for her son to walk down the stairs. And to me, that's also an example of compassion because you're seeing that there are some people that are going to be fast or some people that are going to be slow. Show your compassion where it's needed. And there's mm-hmm. different ways to do that. And we as parents forget that our kids, they see more what we do than what we say. Oh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Always pay attention to what we do. So my husband, he's always opening the door for people. When we walk walk into a store, he always holds it open if somebody's right behind us and lets them go through. And I believe firmly that my son is learning that and seeing that. Mm -hmm. I see him observing that. And that hopefully that means he will continue that, that thing, you know, um, sometimes it's hard for him just to open the door. So I don't know yet. That's, that's fair. He'll get but, there. He'll get there. 
You raised a couple of excellent points in there. And, and the one I wanted to start with was the one where you talked about um, helping them understand what they're seeing. And in my experience, this is where you either build compassion or you empower judgment. Because children will very naturally see things that they don't understand and they don't have any inhibition or any filter in talking about that. We were in a in a very good local ice cream store one time. And the man who owned it, this was a small operation. The man who owned it uh, had lost his arm in a farming accident. And our son, we walk in and he just naturally, it was the first time we'd been there. He sees the man who had lost his uh, one of his arms. And he very naturally says, what happened to your arm? You know, and of course his parents, our first reaction, Oh my God, why did you say that about, you know, why would you bring that up? Because the man obviously knows he doesn't have an arm. He wasn't doing it out of anything but curiosity. He had never seen a man without an arm. And it was really cool. The guy responded so well. He said like, you know what? I appreciate the fact that you noticed and you recognize this. And he told the story and Austin understood. You know, there are other times when kids come to us and say, They'll want to know, like, well, out of a compassionate stance, they'll want to know, well, how did they get that way? How did this become person become homeless? Or how did this person become whatever, you know, whatever they're seeing? That's the moment as a parent, you got a chance. You can either foster that compassion and help them see the humanity, the dignity, and the respect in others. Or you can say, well, you know, they probably mismanaged their finances and then, you know, ended up not being able to pay. So they got kicked out of their apartment or whatever, right? Yeah. Your own attitude yeah. about compassion and about others is going to come out when your children come to you and ask you very natural, very innocent questions about others. And also, if you set yourself up as a compassionate person, if you model that for your kids, they will call you on it when you're not. Yes. Especially like, you know, there may or may not have been incidents when I'm in the car driving, which is my trigger point, driving around other people. I have a really difficult time tolerating their driving behavior. And my kids who generally know me as a compassionate guy will say like, dad, where did the compassion go? Like, yeah. there is no compassion. I'm in traffic, you know. So the, there'll be those moments where they, they will see what you're trying to say and do with compassion and they will call you out or they will wonder why you are not compassionate right. or you are not doing that in this particular instance. Again, raising the question, what's going on here? Yeah, you, you know, you brought a, a, a thought in my, in my mind and then it completely escaped me, but I find it very interesting. I um. I was at a birthday party um, with my son and my husband on Saturday. And, you know, you ever blow up a balloon and then it touches, if it touches grass, it, sometimes it pops. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I had just blown up this balloon that was a part of his goodie bag thing. And like, uh, you know, and, and I was moving it and it touched the grass and boom, popped. And he was like, oh, and one of his little friends was like, you can have here, you can have mine. And I was Aww. like, thank you. And he was like, thank you. And it was so important that he acknowledged to that her compassion that she was showing to him yes. rather yes. than just been like, great, you know, because 
I think it has to always remember it's it's reciprocal, right? The mm-hmm. more compassion we give, the more compassion we get too. That's really a really key component. If we're expecting other people to care about us and our needs and be compassionate to us, we also have to show that it cannot be one-sided. It has to be, you know, given and granted on both sides. But I think what you said before was so important about the curiosity aspect of this. You can show compassion and curiosity as long as you're addressing it the right way. If you are judging, if you're prejudging, you mentioned earlier, you know, like, yeah, oh, they're on the streets because of this. Or, you know, that person is disfigured because of this or, you know, in a wheelchair because of this or something of that nature. And I think it's um, really key that the judgment has no space in compassion because it doesn't take a lot to be compassionate. It doesn't take a lot to be empathetic to somebody else. You just, you don't have to go out of your way to make eye contact, say hi, and hold no judgment there, and then see if there's something that you can do to help them. I do remember, uh, I remember one story, too. There was, my son was young. He was maybe only two or so. We were in the supermarket. We just came out. And um, as we were coming into the parking lot, he was in the, the cart and our groceries and I was with my husband and all of a sudden we saw an older gentleman fall on the ground he slipped he Mm. fell and his groceries spilled and I was like we're and both of us rushed we you know rushed over with the with our car and you could see the man was embarrassed Mm -hmm. and you know and my husband he's like give me a minute and my husband laid down to like I went to lean down and he was like kind of shook me off but then my husband went and he was like all right let me know when you he he didn't try to rush in and help and grab him. The man was like, give me a minute. And my husband stood back, you know, and I was fussing with Connor because I could tell that what he needed was not to be embarrassed about it. So I didn't want to be yeah. staring at him. And it was that moment of like, okay, and Connor's seeing us do something for somebody else, not just walk by them and be like, oh, that's his problem. He can gather his own groceries and whatnot. You know, it doesn't take a lot. It doesn't take a lot of time. It doesn't take a lot of energy or effort. It -hmm. just takes paying attention. Yeah. And And I love the the fact that you, that you really respected the the person's dignity, because I think that's such a big part of this. And even, you know, we sometimes think of compassion has to be like, oh, we have to go on a a mission trip somewhere. That's, That's an air quotes, mission trip and air quotes. Uh, or we have to do something heroic. We have to go rescue a homeless person or adopt that pet from, from the local shelter. And those are obviously, those, compassion, those can be very compassionate things. It can be as simple as looking at someone and recognizing that they're actually there. Seeing someone in the store who's uh, cleaning the floor. Yeah. Seeing someone who's stocking the shelves and saying, hey, how's your day? Just recognizing that the person is there and is human and has feelings can be, over time, perhaps one of the most powerful things we can do. Yeah. You don't have to, you don't have to come in with the, you know, the big pity thing or the big sympathy thing. That's not, it doesn't necessarily have to be that. It can be very small. But over time, that accumulates and you start to, your kids start to see, oh, look, my mom or my dad, they, you know, they recognize this person who's doing this really 
difficult or low level, you know, as we put the hierarchy of jobs, right? They're doing a low level job. Um, and they, they recognize that person is doing something that's worth dignity and is worth giving them respect. I think that's really key with compassion because we're not talking about going out of your way. Again, it's really the simple things. And I think about that even when we go to the store, like, you know, we go into a store and we go to the toy area and Connor's playing with something. And we make sure that he's putting it back in the same place because that's compassion without a direct thank you. And that is saying we respect that that this is some going to end up being on a somebody's to-do list if we're not keeping in mind our respect for their job. You know, it's not just like, oh, somebody else will clean up after me. I don't need to worry about it. So we can put this toy over here, put this toy over here. It doesn't matter. No, it matters. And so it's really important. Even bringing the, the grocery cart back and putting it back into its spot. Yes, yes. Passion. For your, you know, one last thing, especially if it's raining and the, the person who's doing that, it's it's really, you know, it doesn't have to mean donating your money or time to something. It just means be, paying attention to the fact that this thing you are doing has a ripple effect on somebody else. Right. So the compassionate right. thing to do is take your part in that. Take part of your part in that to mm -hmm. do it in a nice way that gives back to somebody else. You know, I think, I think that's so important that we can't, it's it cannot be stressed enough. And I will tell you, you know, and kids, Oh, I do want to say this too. There are going to be a lot of times where you are going to see your kids do something. And you're going to be like, that's so selfish. Here's the thing. Young kids are very egocentric. In fact, that's generally how they are up until they hit their 20s. Most people are geared towards being very, how does this affect me first, always. Mm -hmm. And that's about a part of the survival mechanism. So it's understandable that this is the way we were bred to take care of our needs first, to ensure that we survive. That came a big part of the way to melding into our ego. So how does this affect me tends to be a lot of the attitude of a young child, you know, and I think a lot of parents struggle with, say, having their kids clean up after themselves. Well, teaching them that it is compassionate to apply, everybody has to do their part, right? It's not just you have to clean up, it's mom and dad have to clean up, you know, your siblings have to clean up, everybody has to clean up, everybody takes their part, and that is the equivalency of the compassionate house rules. It means that if this is a house rule, it's a house rule for everybody. And therefore it's not unequivocal. And, you know, it doesn't equate to one another and therefore lead to anger and resentment towards other people. We yeah, have yeah. equal rules apply across the board. That's actually a piece of the compassion. And you can teach it to your kids from that. It shows us you care when you clean up with us, when we are all in this together, we're all equally in, have a part to play in keeping the house clean. So therefore it's all a part of it, you know. It does. And for, kids are also, they're, they're key to fairness. Yeah. And you mentioned, you mentioned coming down the stairs and kind of 
there's there's a little bit of a defensive component to this and it's it's really a double-edged sword i remember i got a call one time from the school and the principal said um i have your son in the office i'm not going to name which one i'm going to throw him under the bus have your son in the office and uh, had a little instant i wanted want to know what you want to do about it I'm like, well, what do you do and long story short the teacher's third grade teacher had them in two lines a boy line and a girl line and one of his friends wasn't listening got in the girl line and the teacher kind of called him out and austin jumped to his defense but the way he did it really was harsh on toward the teacher um, and i'm not going to repeat exactly what he said but it landed him in the principal's office i said hey you got to do what you got to do I, you know just because i'm a parent leader doesn't mean my kid gets special treatment but the the point there is that in his compassion for his friend, he overstepped or forgot to be compassionate toward this. And this is what makes this so difficult, right? Um, and the the opportunity for hypocrisy in this area is great because we're going to have moments as parents where we are not compassionate. We go off on, you know, the store manager or somebody messed up our order in the drive through and, and, you know, we're tired and we have these moments where in our moments of weakness, we just ain't compassionate. So helping your kids understand that it, it's, it's something that you want to do as much as you can, but you're going to have moments where you fail. You just are. Yes. And acknowledge those moments with your kids. Again, it's like, Okay, I wasn't very nice on that on that drive, you know. I yes, was exactly and stuff like that. I, that was not me being caring or forgiving that somebody else was had just cut me off or any of that sort of stuff, you know. Um, I was a little bit mean to that person in line while we were waiting in line and everything because I was frustrated at X Y Z. Explaining it is important, but I do want to point out. Let's go for a moment to the opposite side of that. Mm. Um, there is something to be said that I've seen and heard about a lot in this day and age of the bullying issue in school mm-hmm. and where compassion comes in here. And we do our kids a disservice when they're the ones being bullied and we give a bigger break to the bully than we do to our kids. And I have to say that that is not okay with me. Um, I was reading something about a girl who noticed that when they do anti-bullying um, assemblies and all that, more often than not, the bullies wouldn't even be there. Mm. At these assemblies, or the bullies would be the ones that are like, you know, they're they're the on the sports team, so they're like doing, you know, a sport. So oh, they don't need to be here because they've got exempt from it. And that those kids in her school were the ones who were the bullies. So mm. you were talking about anti-bullying with the kids who were the ones primarily being bullied. Mm-hmm. And that's not compassion for the person being bullied. And mm-hmm. I find it very inappropriate that if you're in a school and there's a kid, and I this may get me in trouble with some people, but if there's one kid being bullied and one kid being the bully, why are you applying the same rules to both of them? Mm-hmm. Why are you expelling both of them? Why that does not, in my mind, because compassion does not have to be equivocal all the time 
in the circumstances where one person is not being caring and the other person is the one at the hard end of that person's uncaring attitude. So I think that it's really important to recognize that, okay, so this was the circumstances, da, 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 and this happened, so on. And we, we have, you know, uh, I, some eyewitnesses and this kid was the one being bullied. Why send that kid who was being bullied home and punish them? Why not, you know, and why not bring in the parents of the bully and make a action plan to ensure that that kid is being watched and that kid is being monitored and are they doing more of that? And I think that in this day and age, we've come to a place where we're so afraid to step on the wrong toes and get the wrong people on our bad side got, you know, because more often a lot of times kids who are being bullied or kids who are the bullies, yes, they need compassion and they need understanding by the by people in authority, but they don't need the same thing from their 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 peers. They they need it to an extent, but not at the detriment of the kid being bullied. Right, right. I, I want to explain that a little because I, I don't know don't know if this is clear. If one kid is being harassed and tormented as an authority figure in the school system or their parent, you shouldn't say, well, they probably have this reason for the reason that they're doing these actions and this reason for the reason. At a certain age, that becomes inappropriate because of, at the point at which a lot of the bullies in high school and stuff, they should have learned along this way. And the fact that they haven't, now it's on the ownership of the parents to have to deal with this circumstance. And yes, there are a lot of times reasons behind why the bully is, you know, the bully. And often it has to do with their parenting, the, the way the parents are parenting them. Uh, or the lack of parenting, but you keep asking them to turn the other cheek. The the kid who's getting bullied has to keep turning the other cheek. Well, they have they now they're red on all sides. What mm-hmm. more do you want them to do? At a certain point, compassion, you know, when it goes too far, just becomes somebody getting stomped all over. Yeah. Compa- yes. And I think I that I think that that extends. As we get older, um, it extends to becoming an ally, right? And there's a lot of conversation, especially in you know in the Black community or in the LGBTQ community, about what it means to be an ally. And compassion can lead you to to be an ally. And there's a point at which your compassion for one group or some people will necessarily lead you to a confrontation of with another group of people who are abusing their power and that's a tough moment because yes everybody needs to be loved and everybody deserves to be loved but there is a point at which you might have to put yourself along with or in between a group of people that have power and a group of people that do not have power and that's a little that's a little tougher and again we always try to find the rabbit holes in the deeper parts of our conversations and that's one we could spend a whole episode on but yeah. it, it does extend it you know this this idea of compassion expands it's not simplistic it's not just a single tiny little notion that's all neat and wrapped up it becomes more complex but don't just show talk to your kids about compassion show them what compassion means 
give them real life exampling of what compassion means. If you're walking past somebody on the street who is homeless, you know, you can show compassion and say, you know, bend down and say, hey, how's your day going? Do you need something to eat? Run into the store with your kid, grab something, have the kid give it to them. You know, I think people get scared sometimes that their compassion is going to be um, bit, you know, that's it's going to come mm. back to bite them in the face or abuse. Yeah. Mm. And I think that in certain circumstances, yes, that is true. And as I said, I think that when it comes to bullies versus, you know, the bullied, that is a lot of places where it's often abused mm. because you're asking for more compassion from the victim than than the victimizer really deserves. So I think that when it comes to that, and, and I see a lot of situations of, of between victims and victimizers where you ask for a lot of compassion towards the person who's the victimizer and very minimal to the victim, mm-hmm. you know, because it, it, by, by dint of the, them being in the victim space, you think, oh, we're giving them compassion just by show, by acknowledging their victimhood. That's not enough, you know, and I think that that's really uh, that's such a huge and we could go on and on about this. But I think that it's it's so huge that we get to a space where we're not just saying give donate money or spend time at a soup kitchen or something like that. We're talking about your everyday interactions with other human beings, find ways to show your compassion in those moments, because those are the moments that oftentimes make a difference. And I'm going to tell you this too. A lot of the kids on that cusp of turning into bullies, one kid reaches out to them before they become that bully and gives them compassion and shows them friendship and care and concern. The more kids that we get to do this, the less bullies we'll have who will turn into the people who do bad things and make really bad choices and become the victimizers. So yeah. I think that we have a long way to go, but it starts with some very basic compassion that you as a parent can show your kids that it's not all about your family first, that it can be a combination of yes, our protection and our family is important, but also so are all the other people that that circle our world and that are amongst our world. And that's really, really important. Absolutely. And on that note, happy parenting people. And of course, always may the evolution of your parenting skills be ever in your favor.